Hey everyone, I hope you're doing well. I'm excited to come back today to do a new episode and to dive into part three of discussing Gandhi. So over the last two episodes, I've covered his early years, his childhood, his really foundation uh, during his years in in India as a, a young man and a child. And then his move to to England and everything that he experienced in his move to England. And from here, he heads back to India for a short time. And he goes back to India for a short time before he gets an opportunity to go to South Africa to practice law after finishing studying to be a lawyer. And... This initial work in South Africa and also in India slightly before that was a struggle for him. He struggled as a lawyer. And he even says uh, a direct quote in his autobiography. He says, I had not the courage to conduct a case. I was helpless beyond words. And this struggle... And this humility of his own work and his skill or lack thereof at this time was quite profound to be able to see because of how much I think it informs him as as a man and the foundations of everything that he builds on. Like in his first case, he fails miserably. And when he is assigned to speak for his client... He can't even muster up words. He can't get anything out. So he has to to sit down and basically fail, go home a failure and, and have to recollect himself. And that is a humbling experience. It is a tremendously humbling experience. And in doing so, he is able to reflect on what occurred and to really understand what happened for him to take a step forward to permanently learn from it. And this is a key thing which we learn about Gandhi in his writing is he is able to experience something, reflect on it, very close to the experience normally, and then permanently learn from that experience. And when he, he has an experience, he'll take those learnings and he'll take that reflection and, and will apply it effectively in future circumstances. And this, for someone going through life, for someone trying to enact and motivate change in a number of places, is critical because... In going through these various processes, various moments, it's critical for him to be able to actually make sense of everything that's happening, everything that he's learning from, everything that he is doing, because there is in fact so much going on. He's reading so much, talking to so many people, going to so many different places that it can in fact be overwhelming. It can be hard to make sense. And developing this habit early on, which he does of 
experiencing something and finding the space to reflect on it to make sense of it and then incorporating those learnings into moving into whatever he does moving forward it's really really positive and it ends up being a tremendous tool for him later on as he goes about many adventures in South Africa and India and the other thing which aids him tremendously in his practice of law and in his work in general is that when there is a problem he is not one to shy away from it or to simplify it or to try to break it down in a way that was making the problem easier than it had to be or easier than it actually was so instead of oversimplifying or instead of trying to break it down in a moment Gandhi would often inquire more about the problem. So he would go to others and try to have conversations with them to better understand a problem from different perspectives. And then additionally, what he was known for was he would read and study the problems extensively. He would read large volumes of things. He would read tons of legal texts. He would go into the law and read the law. He would read as much as he could to get more context on a situation. He would read a tremendous amount in order to make sense of everything that he was doing. And this capacity to not shy away from a problem, this capacity to study and to inquire and to better understand it before even making any judgments about it served him tremendously because in his pursuit of betterment, in his pursuit of truth, in his pursuit of making conditions better for whether it be his fellow Indians in South Africa or his Indi- his fellow Indians across his entire home country. This was something that he was able to use effectively over and over again because of the magnitude of the problems that there were and also because of the genuine kind place in his heart from which it all came. He was someone who wanted the best not for his own gain, but for the betterment of the world, the betterment of his society, the betterment of those around him and those who will come after. And in South Africa, he experiences a tremendous culture shock, something which he was not accustomed to when he was in England, but it's something that comes up initially when he gets to South Africa and it comes up over and over and over again. And unsurprisingly for the time, it, it was racism and it was coming across racism a number of times and classism as well. So his first experience in South Africa, he's riding on a train in first class and he just gets kicked out for being Indian. He shows them his ticket and he says, hey, I, I, I have my ticket. Like, I'm, I'm a first class passenger. You cannot remove me from my seat. And they argue with him and basically tell him, no, you need to move. You need to leave. And even in court, he was asked to remove his turban in his litigation. And he just refused and left. And this was something which Gandhi did spectacularly well, too. 
he was able to stick to his guns. He was able to maintain a certain strength of will within himself to not just give in to the current social circumstances that were surrounding him. Of course, he was reasonable. Of course, he was able to think and make sense of things and to try to do things in a proper way rather than to just sort of explode. But he was very firm. And he was very clear. And for him to be practicing law in court and to be wearing his turban and to be asked to remove it, he was very clear in refusing. He was very clear in leaving. And did so in good manner, but also at the same time in a direct way to say, hey, I'm not going to accept this and I'm going to attempt to set an example for my fellow Indians and for anyone who wants to wear a turban to be able to follow my example, to, to be able to, to practice their faith or to practice whatever it is that they are practicing with conviction and with a certain clarity and in, in, in self-belief and self-confidence. He has a, a very good quote about his experience of, of racism, which I really enjoy and I think is tremendously relevant for today. And he says... The hardship to which I was subjected was superficial, only a symptom of the deep disease of color prejudice. I should try, if possible, to root out the disease and suffer hardships in the process. And in saying this, he is expressing that it's not the things that he was personally experiencing and the personal vendettas that he was experiencing. It was this common way of thinking. It was this belief that was penetrating so many people's minds in ways of thinking and their norms. And because of his recognition of this, he wanted to stop it. And, and he didn't just want to stop the people who were believing it, but he wanted to stop the disease itself and to work on the disease itself, which is a much broader vision and perhaps even more impenetrable. And he, he says that he's willing to suffer hardships in the process. He knows that rooting out such a challenging and misgiving disease He knows how hard it's going to be. He knows what it's going to take. He knows that it's going to be of tremendous difficulty. But he's not willing to shy away from it. He's willing to see the problem for what it is, see the negativity and the badness that it brings about in society, and to combat it, to actively go after it and to say, I want to go after this and I want this to no longer persist and I am willing to put myself on the line for this. And in doing so,
he makes a valiant effort. And he's able to succeed in a number of circumstances, but in other circumstances, of course, he's not able to to fully succeed. He's not able to eradicate the disease from the world, but he certainly makes a dent in it. And he does this in his work in South Africa, where he works for disenfranchised Indians who live in the country, trying to support them in their rights, their human rights. And Gandhi's work there ends up inspiring the work of people like Nelson Mandela and Martin Luther King Jr. later on. And it also inspires Gandhi's work in India when he goes back after his time in South Africa to participate in the independence movement. And additionally, Gandhi discusses forgiveness, and he does so through various personal examples, but one critical one comes up here in his time in South Africa, where he is out in the street and this police officer attacks him he pushes him and kicks him in the street and instead of responding with anger instead of responding with a certain set of fiery emotions Gandhi responds with empathy and even though a friend of his comes by and sees what happens in the street and says, hey, you, you may press charges against him. I, I, I witnessed what happened. Gandhi responds swiftly but calmly and says, what does the poor man know? And after his friend who witnesses the event talks to the police officer, the police officer comes over and, and apologizes to, to Gandhi for what happened. And Gandhi says, he apologized to me for which there was no need. I had already forgiven him. And this circumstance for me is one that speaks to me deeply. And it's one that I try to carry with me in its spirit and how I carry myself with, with others. Because I think that this action here is one that we must seek to emulate. When we are mistreated, when we are discriminated against, when we are put into a negative category, when we are pushed and kicked and physically abused or verbally abused, whatever it may be, when these things happen... These are things that are often done by other people because of their ignorance or their own pain. And this is something that Gandhi deeply understood. He was able to easily and frequently make sense of this piece of information. Say, hey, I'm being attacked in whatever way it is. And I understand that this is coming from a place of insecurity or a place of pain. Or a place of ignorance within that person. And I can't blame them for any of those things. 
I can't blame them for their insecurity. I can't blame them for their pain. And I certainly cannot blame them for their ignorance. And although he doesn't explicitly talk through the foundations and moral quandaries that come with something like determinism, which I've talked about in the past, there's clearly something there where he is recognizing, hey, what, what does that poor man know? What does he know? How conscious is he of what he's really doing? Does he know what this is doing to others? And even more importantly, does he know what behaving like this is doing to himself and to his soul? And that was what Gandhi was concerned about. He was concerned about the damage to oneself that someone can do in inflicting violence and pain and anger and negative emotions and insecurities and pain that lie within oneself. And this is the lesson, the way of seeing the world, which has really brought me peace. In seeing the way that others can act from pain and seeing the way that others can act from insecurity can often be puzzling. And if those attacks that stem from those emotions and those feelings are geared toward you, then they are oftentimes even harder to make sense of, even harder to deal with. But Gandhi clearly is able to do the mental exercise of understanding that these things come from places inside of a person that are not permanent, that are correctable, that are likely not their fault in the first place. And to be able to make sense of that, to be able to process that, to be able to work through that idea, and to find peace within that, it's huge, to be honest. It's huge. And for me in my own life, seeing this idea and being able to implement this idea it has brought me tremendous peace. It has allowed me to make sense of some very challenging circumstances with others. It has allowed me to come to greater terms both with myself and with all of the people around me in this world. And I think concluding on this will be a really good point because of the magnitude that I think it carries and I really want it to be if anything the thing that you take away from this initial conversation about Gandhi's beginnings in South Africa and his experiences there and some of the key quandaries and in, in, in events that he faces so I hope you enjoyed this episode this third talk through of Gandhi's experiences in his life and my reflections upon it and I will be back in a few days with some more, especially talking about what he was able to achieve in South Africa, the way that his ideas developed, his work with others, and also how that shaped the next steps that he would take in his return to India.
So thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. It means so much to me. And yeah, I hope that you can take something positive from what I just laid out there. As always, much, much love and I'll be back soon. Cheers.